Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Welcome, everybody, for our post-NBA trade deadline podcast special. I'm Lucas. I got Chris here. Uri is in the background being our producer as regular. And Chris, let's just jump into it, man. The trade deadline happened today. Thoughts, feelings, emotions. What's going on with you? Frankly, not not too many thoughts, feelings, or emotions, considering what happened. Um, pretty anticlimactic, as you said when we were, we were talking earlier. Um, not a lot happened, especially not a lot in relation to the Sixers, just the one move that we're going to talk about in depth here. But some some interesting moves nonetheless. I, I especially liked um, the Vucevic trade for Chicago. I think that, that was probably the most interesting deal all day. And we, mm-hmm. we have a lot to talk about. For sure. Uriah, how do, how do you feel after all this? Yeah, it was pretty anticlimactic. And, of course, everyone was waiting to see what happened with Lowry. And, and like Chris said, we'll, we'll get to all that later. But um, overall, I'm, I'm satisfied with, with what the Sixers did. I think Hill's going to be a nice addition. Yeah, no, I think, uh, and speaking of Hill, Chris, how about we just jump into it, man? Yeah, so let's jump right in. Obviously, the Sixers made one trade today, and that was to acquire... OKC point guard George Hill. The full terms of that trade has Philadelphia getting back Hill as well as Ignas Perstakis, the former Michigan product who later became a second round pick to the New York Knicks. OKC is getting in return Tony Bradley as well as two future second round picks from the Sixers and Austin Rivers from New York. This was a three team deal. The Knicks are getting Terrence Ferguson, Vincent Poirier, who they have already cut, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the Sixers 2021 second round pick, which was actually their pick. So they're just getting their second round pick back and basically a fake second round pick in 2024, I believe. So not the most eventful trade deadline for Sixers fans. I know not as eventful as a lot of fans were hoping it would be. You mentioned the Lowry stuff, which we're going to talk about. But Lucas, what were your, your feelings on the Hill edition? Well, <sighs> Outside of, he was like the second least sexiest name out there for me, personally. Um, Gilon Wright was the least sexiest, but Hill was the second least sexy. Like, it's not like a, I don't, I don't think it's a, oh, now they're definitely favorites to contend. No, it's still the Nets. Let's, let's be real. As long as the Nets are healthy, they're going to be the favorites. That being said, Hill does do a lot for, for the Sixers' second unit, it allows Shake to go off the ball, which I think we can all agree is probably his strength as in terms of being a scorer. Um, and then it also allows the Sixers to have another very good three-point shooter. I believe last season he led the league in three-point percentage. And 
in this season, he's still a very good three-point shooter. I can't remember his percentage off the top of my head. I believe it's like 38 or something. Hang on, let me double-check here. He's, yeah, 38%, yeah, so, which is right about his career average. He's a, you know, he's a solid floor general, more of a combo guard, but definitely he can run an all, a second unit's offense for sure. Good defender. You know, Darren Morey actually talked a lot about his defense and the presser that uh, earlier tonight. So that's a positive. Uh, I, you know, in terms of how I like Hill on the team, great. I, I think Ignis, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his second name, his last name, because I don't want to embarrass myself or, you know, disrespect his last name. But I, I think he's probably going to get cut. He's not shown a lot in the NBA, and the G League st- stats are not that impressive either, especially in terms of shooting. No, I mean, the, the trade was okay in all terms. I think he helps the bench. I, I don't think it's a world-changing move, you know, uh, but it's it's an upgrade for sure. Yeah, I agree. This isn't a big needle mover, like something along the lines of Lowry would have been, but he definitely helps the second unit. I don't think the Sixers are going to have trouble fitting him into the, into the rotation. He's probably going to be the sixth or seventh guy um, on this team. Good defender, like you said. Daryl Morey hyped up his defense quite a bit in the press conference, talked about having five playoff-tested, battle-proven defenders who you can put on the floor in crunch time, which I do think is a benefit. Hill is also a very steady hand at point guard, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, doesn't turn the ball over, and he's pretty much a 40% three-point shooter over the last few years of his career, so he'll space the floor next to Joel and Ben, which is always a positive. So overall, I think there's a lot to like. I'm I'm not too stingy as far as second-round picks go. Tony Bradley was useful these past few games. I, I know you his loss hit you particularly hard, Lucas, but... I'm I'm accepting that this is going to be the new norm, that the Sixers need to get a buyout center, which uh, Maury did talk about too, but continue, though. Yeah, well, I mean, the bright side, he's going to get plenty of playing time in OKC. He's going to start a lot of games uh, with... Horford vest schedule so I guess that's a positive um but yeah I, I do want to also say that Joel Embiid endorsed the Thunder to build around Tony Bradley so it's not just me Joel Embiid thinks the world of him too so just just saying just saying yeah I mean uh-huh. we're going to talk about that Warriors game later he had 18 and 11 on 8 of 8 shooting he's had some pretty solid nights lately so it stings a little bit. I think a lot of fans are starting to kind of uh, rally behind him, but at the end of the day, Hill's going to have much more value down the stretch of this season and even into next season um, with his contract being as tradable as it will be, partially guaranteed, but I think it's going to come out to like $12 million in expiring money next season that they can use in a hypothetical trade. So I apologize for the lightning crashing in the background, but yeah. I think it was a good move. I, I really have no complaints. I think it'll help quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, and just, uh, just a little bit more about that money there. Uh, it's only it, it becomes fully guaranteed in the summer, uh, and if they decide to waive him before it becomes fully guaranteed, it's only going to be a one point something. I think it's 1.7 hit on the salary cap, so it's like a minimum contract hit if they decide to waive him before it becomes fully guaranteed. Yeah, um, and like he's still yeah. a good player. They're not going to have cap space, so I assume they're probably going to pick it up and try to trade him or just bring him into next year. Uh, like they've done kind of with Danny Green this season, just have a big expiring contract on the books. That's always useful. Um, mm-hmm. The Sixers clearly haven't made that big 
game-changing move yet, but they still have bullets in the chamber that they can use in the offseason mm-hmm. or next season. Uh, so more is just kind of biding his time at this point, I think. And um, So we'll, we'll I, I have... I have an, a crazy thought here. What if Maury re-signs Danny Green to a one-year, fifteen million contract deal again? Now, fifteen million dollar contract deal, and it's not because Danny Green would be worth it. We all agree that he's he's past that point in his career. But allow that guaranteed money to be guaranteed on Hill's contract, plus Danny Green, plus Mike Scott. Well, actually, Mike Scott would be coming off the books, but Theoretically, they could re-sign him to the mid-level again if they wanted to. They probably won't. But you have, you know, eleven and fifteen million. That's that's close to a max contract that you could trade for with those two guys. Yeah, I mean, I think that's totally reasonable. I don't know if they'll give him fifteen million, but I'd love to have Danny back in general. I think he's a lot yeah. better than people give him credit for. Like he's maybe a well, bit slower than he was, but he's been really solid all year on both ends of the ball. He's Never been much more than a three and D guy. He still does both those mm-hmm. things well. So I I definitely think they would try to resign. Well, him. I'm only saying that they would sign that him back to that with the idea of oh we can trade him because we yeah. have we have his bird rights. We can resign him to that and then we can retrade him along with Hill for a bigger name guy that becomes available next year because there's always going to be somebody that becomes available. Yeah, um, no, I agree. I think that's a, pre- a pretty solid idea. So guys, let me tell you about one of our sponsors. The Sixer Sense Podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Now, Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Did you hear me? 2 million men worldwide. And today, we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. Check it out. 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Again, the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. So if you're wondering what are some cool items that come in the package, no pun intended, the Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. In addition, the trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-shafing deodorant and moisturizer. So what are you waiting for, guys? Stay trimmed and stay fresh for your wife or your significant other. Just use the code FANSIDED20 to get your 20% off and free shipping today. And now, back to the pod. Before we move on, let me just talk about this. So you talked about the Knicks. They were part of this trade. They sent Austin Rivers to the uh, Thunder. I don't know if the money – would the money have worked out if we would have gotten Austin Rivers instead of Ignis, or would that not have worked out? I don't know how much Austin makes off the top of my head. Um, Do you think that would have been a good idea if if they got an Austin over Ignis? I mean, like, he wouldn't – He's probably not a play like a rotation level guy. He hasn't been playing for New York. I wouldn't well, play him over Furkan. Yeah, but like I wouldn't play him over Furkan and Shake. I wouldn't mm. give Doc the temptation. Like I don't think that's a big loss. 
don't know. Uriah, any thoughts? Would you want on Austin Rivers or no? Uh, nepotism uh, on the Sixers? No. I, I don't want Austin Rivers. I've never really liked his play anyway. We already have one son-in-law on the team with Seth Curry, so I'm good. Oh, gosh. Could you imagine the trash talk between those two if they got heated in the uh, in practice? Oh, gosh. I can only imagine. I won't say it on the podcast, but I, I can think of some funny jokes that I will tell you guys afterwards. Anyway, but yeah, no. So do you think the six, I, I think the Sixers gave up, you know, I think they gave up the bare minimum in terms of players. Terrence Ferguson is probably on his way out as a player. Vincent Poirier is probably not going to get another NBA contract. I mean, Tony Bradley is, is a tough pill to swallow for me personally, but I get it. Uh, I don't like the fact that we sent out at least what three for third second round picks, if not well, I thought I saw somewhere that it was four, but even so, yeah, the fourth really... one, the fourth one is protected like thirty-one through fifty-five, so it's probably not okay. going to convey. Like three second round picks is a bit much, but the Kings got two for Delon Wright. George Hill's a good, as Maury said, playoff tested, battle proven rotation piece. Like, mm-hmm. that's probably about where he was going to. You know, that, I think it's a pretty fair price at the end of the day. I think the all the pieces that are departing, not the picks, obviously, but the players, Purier, Purier. Am I saying his name right? Purier. Purier. I think it's like Poirier if you want to really go French with it. All right. yeah. I think I think of the, the hand sanitizer whenever I say his name. But anyway, so Poirier. The slander was, was pretty heavy today on Sports Talk Radio. Miss Anelli was saying that the guy was basically a thief and was stealing money from the NBA, but more power to him. But I do feel better for Terrence Ferguson because I think he just got a raw deal. He he played good minutes in OKC a few years ago, and now he'll get a chance to kind of show what he can do in New York. So good for him. I mean, he plays defense, and they value that in New York, so – Maybe he can have a chance to resurrect. I mean, not that we don't, but, I mean, we need more. Sh- I think in terms of caring about offense versus defense, uh, Tom Thibodeau, if you can play defense, you're probably going to get hit the floor at some point. The offensive numbers do not really matter to Tibbs as much as the defensive numbers. So there's there's that for sure. So I think you're right. He has a chance. But if, he, if it doesn't work there, then it's not going to work anywhere. And then – Chris, I think it's time to talk about the the one that got the one that didn't happen or the one that got away. Yeah, the this the second one that got away pretty much. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, when you put it like that, yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. So, the Toronto Raptors after all the hubbub, all the tension earlier in the day ended up not trading Kyle Lowry, just hanging on to him for the rest of the season. The Sixers, Lakers, and Heat seemed to be the three real contenders for him. It was reported by Brian Winhorst that the Raptors were asking for Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibel, and two first-round picks. Um, it was also reported that the hang-ups with Miami and L.A. revolved around Tyler Hero and Taylor Horton Tucker, respectively. So there seems to be a bit of a disconnect, especially with the Taylor Horton Tucker thing. I'm not really sure what the Lakers were offering that Toronto would have wanted if they weren't offering THT. Like, and and THT is not as good as that kind of report would make him out to be. So a bit confusing there, but 
in the end of the day, he's he's still a Raptor. He's going to stick it out for the rest of the season, Lucas. Um, what were your thoughts on what Toronto was asking for? Well, let's be clear. The and it's, it was reported by John Clark. Uh, I believe John Clark's with NBC. I'm not. It was it was Brian Windhorse. Brian Windhorse was the first one. Okay, so yeah, Brian Windhorse reported that the Raptors wanted from the Sixers Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thybulle, and two first round picks for Kyle Lowry. Well, that that would be the core of the deal. That w- but the Sixers would have also had to have sent at least. Danny Green and Mike Scott, if not another rotational player like Poirier. Well, I guess Poirier was still in the, uh, you know, one of those two centers or Ferguson to make that deal possible financially. So really what the Kings were, the Raptors were asking were a King's ransom for a guy that just turned 35 years old today and is on the last year of an expiring contract, and it was rumored that he was planning on going to South Beach anyway this this summer. So, with all that in mind, do I think the Sixers made the right move by not going all in for Dan, uh, uh, you know Kyle Lowry if that was the uh, that if that was what the Raptors wanted? Then yes, I think the Sixers made the right call. It might not be a popular opinion. I'm sure I'm going to get some hate for this. But at the end of the day, guys, here's the thing. You, you're giving up two core young players, especially in Thibault, who we all agree probably will be the, a future starter either this season or next season, as long as he continues to shoot consistently from the field, improve the volume a little bit, and because he's already there defensively. And then Tyrese Maxey, who we've seen the flashes of potential. And in the past, I've been willing to give up Maxey for, you know, I would say – out of the point guards on the uh, market, I would say the only uh, it was was definitely Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball, and I would even yeah uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who was rumored to be shopped earlier, but that never really picked up traction. So yeah, no, I mean Maxi's great, but you would give him up if it made a dramatic improvement to your team this season for sure. Uh, those two plus two first round picks, granted this year's pick probably won't be that good, but still. That, that that's a big axing price to begin with, plus the salary that you would have to send over, which would be Danny Green, who is a starter, and Mike Scott, who, while we all agree, is probably one foot into retirement, is still in the rotation right now. That's where the Sixers are. I, I don't blame the Sixers for not going for it, Chris. I don't. And I don't – I'm kind of surprised that Maxi wasn't moved, but I my suspicion – and we talked about this off the air, so – the next part, folks, this is pure speculation. I am not reporting anything. I do not know anything. This is my speculation only. My speculation is, is that they were going that he was going to go to Miami, but then Miami got cold feet at the last second, and then they switched gears and got uh, Victor Oladipo for basically nothing, which is you know good for Miami, and we'll talk about it more later, but not great for us. So that's that's what I think what happened here, guys, and. I mean, now he's stuck in or uh, Toronto. Uh, unless they do a sign and trade this summer, he's not going to get a lot of money on the open market. And honestly, if he was asking for fifty million for two years, he's probably not going to get that in a sign and trade either. I don't think so. Not at his age. So I think the Sixers made the right call by not going all in on it. Chris, your thoughts? I mean, I do agree that it's quite a big asking price. There are obviously factors. That we don't know yet. We don't know how 
open Lowry was to an extension in Philly. We don't know what strings he was pulling because it's clear Toronto gave him a pretty big say in where he would have ended up going. So if he was, maybe Philly had a better offer, but he was more favorable to Miami. There, there are things that we, we, we really just don't know yet or may never know. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I mean, I'd be totally comfortable giving him two years, 50 million in the offseason. I think he'll be good enough for another two years to, to earn that. Maybe that's a bit bold because he is a 35-year-old six-footer, but averaging 18 and six this season, he's still playing like an all-star. I do think mm-hmm. he would have moved the needle pretty considerably for Philadelphia, maybe pushed them over a Milwaukee, more concretely pushed them into that Brooklyn range. I don't know if he would have made them absolute favorites, but he would have gotten them a lot closer. I'm kind of bummed out that it didn't happen. Would I have done Thibel Maxi in two firsts? That's that's a good question. I'm not sure. Heat of the moment. But I do th- think, I will say, I, I think the Sixers fan base sort of overrates those two a little bit. Like, I don't think Maxi is as irreplaceable and special as some people think he is. Like, he obviously has some, some talent, but mm-hmm. he's also a, a pretty crappy shooter right now. I'm sure he'll get better in time. I'm not saying he doesn't have plenty of room to grow. But he, he, too, is an undersized guard who can't really defend yet and who has some concerns about his jumper. Like, I saw all these tweets about the Sixers having clearly the best package or Toronto asking for this, like, massive offer in comparison to other teams. Like, I don't think Matisse, Maxi, and a couple picks is that much better than Duncan Robinson. But it's not just that, though, Chris. Mm-hmm. But it's not just that. You have to also send in a starter like Danny Green no, I another, understand. Another rotational. Yeah, that's just, that's a lot. You're asking for four, three, three rotational guys and a young prospect plus two first round picks. I understand it's a lot, but you're also getting an all star in return and and Joel Embiid's best season yet. And, and, and but like, like I said, Chris, I there was ru- there were rumors out there saying that he was planning on going to Miami this off season. So do the Sixers really want to risk that for lose all that just for rental? Like, I get that, you know, we got to maximize Joel Embiid's window. And, you know, I'm all for that. And I was for that for the right price. But this is this is too much for me, man. Like, this is too much. And I'm not saying that you're not wrong about Maxi being overrated. You're absolutely right. And Thibault can't, you know, offensively does have his struggles. But, like, overall, like, we all agree here that he's been much better as of late. And if he continues this, he will be a starter on this team in the next year or two. I tell you what, don't forget where Max where Maxie is from, guys. Remember, Kentucky. he's from Kentucky, and I can't name a guard that has played for Kentucky and not been successful in the NBA the past decade. Malik Monk. Malik <laughs> Monk can is if he didn't have his drug problem. Charlotte. If he didn't have his drug problem, Malik Monk would be a star. Actually, so Malik Monk's been playing pretty good as of late. But Malik um, Monk is a—he's a stud offensively. He's just—he yeah. has his issues. Yeah. No. Um, Brandon Knight. Can we? Can we hold that against? You know. Yeah, well, I, I don't think Kentucky has like a one hundred percent record. I don't think they've been quite. Mark, that. Oh, Marcus Teague. Don't forget about Marcus Teague. Yeah, I mean, I don't have like the list of Kentucky guards in front of me, but they're not all great. I don't. I don't think that ensures that he's going to be great but i i do like maxi i'm not trying to like sit here and talk bad about maxi um i i think he's going to be a fine player 
But yeah, I, I don't think they were asking quite as much as Sixer fans think they were asking. Like I think it's a pretty fair asking price for a player of Lowry's caliber, like a top 30 guy in the league still. But at the end of the day, clearly no team met their asking price. So it was some something in the market was clearly holding teams back from going all out. And he's going to spend the rest of the season in Toronto. So we'll see what happens in the offseason. Yeah, no, for sure. I just, hmm. well, uh, we'll see what happens. I don't think the book is closed yet, but I, I think we definitely, it's paused or it's put on the shelf with a bookmark in it. Yeah. There is one other rumor that happened during today's uh, trade deadline, right, Chris? You want to talk about that? Yeah, so there's also the rumor about Danny Green potentially being a target of Golden State. It seems like that probably would have been part of a Lowry trade, hypothetically, because otherwise there's really no reason to trade Green. Um, That probably would have been a three-team deal that, that sent Danny to Golden State that didn't go through. But what were your thoughts on that rumor, Lucas? Well, like you said, it was probably part of a three-team trade, and what probably would have happened is that Danny would have gone to Golden State, which he would have probably loved, especially next year. And then you would have sent, I believe Kelly Oubre probably would have been the player that would have been sent to Toronto because Kelly's making about $17 million and Danny's about $15 million. So that's that lines up salary-wise pretty good for both teams there. And... uh so yeah, no, if it was a three team trade, they and they could have gotten Kelly Oubre, one of the two players mentioned, plus, you know, whoever else. Like that's in draft picks. Like I don't know why the Raptors wouldn't have done that. But yeah. No, I mean, if it was a part of a three team trade, makes sense. I did see one person on Twitter. They were like, Oh yeah, we could get Kelly Oubre for Danny Green. That would be awesome. I'm like, no. No, that's not what this is. This is not we we would not get to Kelly Oubre for Danny Green. That is not what this is. Yeah, I'm I probably would be against that too. I don't think the fit's quite as good. Obviously Oubre is younger and he has his good qualities as well, but I I mean again, I think like the fan base in general really underrates Danny. Um people have come around a little bit lately cuz he's been playing well. He hit some big shots in that Knicks game. Like, like all season, Danny's been pretty solid. He's done his role well. He's the highest volume three-point shooter on the team. Uh, like, like, he's old, and he makes some boneheaded mistakes. He, he He's limited, but all in all, he's just a really solid player. I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. He's been on two consecutive championship teams and played big roles for those teams. It, it's clear that he's doing something right, so I, I'm really not that sad that Danny's still on the roster. I'm, I'm quite fine with that. You trade Danny Green if you can get a major upgrade because he's a glue guy, he's a championship guy. Everything that you said is absolutely right. So I'm glad that we didn't go for just anybody for Danny, and that's fine. And I already talked about it at the beginning of the podcast why you might want to just resign him for $15 million anyway next season and see what you can do with that instead. Side note, though, you know what I did realize is that we did not use that trade exception from that Horford deal, we could. Yeah, so that I, my under, I thought I read somewhere that they can still use it in the off season or next season. I'm not 100 percent on that, but I would imagine so because they just made the trade in November. So, in yeah. trade exceptions don't usually expire for what like a year or nine months or something like that. Yeah, so I think that's still something he can, Daryl can use mm-hmm. in the future. 
for sure. And now, now that we made the trade for um, Hill to wrap this all up, Chris, what 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 was the last thing that we want to talk about with that Hill trade? Um, I mean, I think just the rotation. Like, what what do you mm-hmm. think the rotation is going to look like? I think we're going to see a lot less of Corkmaz now. I think because you're going to slide Hill in as the point guard. You got Shake as the off guard because. Uh, you know, Shake can create for himself, so he's still going to stay in the rotation. Matisse's Thibault's defense speaks for itself. Uh, you still have Dwight, and it comes down to Mike Scott and Corkmaz um, at the power forward position. And while I know Brian Jacobs at the Painted Line loves power forward Corkmaz, I don't think it's something that Doc Rivers prefers. So I think we're probably going to see Mike Scott, but who knows? Who knows? He well, might be able I, to beat out Scott. I don't think that's quite the right way to look at it because Ben can defend fours. Tobias will spend like they're going to stagger minutes at some point, especially in the mm-hmm. playoffs. So I think you can get away with like Matisse and Corkmaz getting wing minutes and still playing Hill and Shake. But I, I do agree. Mm-hmm. I think like the nine man group in the playoffs is the starters plus Hill, uh, Shake. Dwight and Matisse. I, I think Furkan is probably on the outside looking in right now. If they're going to shorten the rotation come playoff time, I would guess that he's still pretty comfortably ahead of Mike Scott in the regular season rotation. Um, he, he still has a lot of value as a, a quick trigger shooter and someone who can do a That's lot true. more with the ball in his hands than Mike can. Um, mm-hmm. So I I, w- I don't I don't think Mike Scott's going to be playing much in the near future, but. We'll, we'll see what happens. For sure. And let's go ahead and move on. We're going to touch on a couple of other big moves that happened in the NBA. There's only There were more, but we're just going to touch on these two real quick because they're kind of relevant to the Sixers. So uh, good, I will say, side note, good for Chicago for getting Nikola Vucevic. They're not going to be a problem for the Sixers, but Chicago is finally going to be relevant again, so good for them. And... Yeah, that's that's the only shout out I wanted to make there. Did you want to mention any other ones before we get into these two, Chris? Not really. I I really liked the Aaron Gordon trade for Denver. There were a couple good ones out there, but I, I mm-hmm. think the Vucevic Evan, trade was the big one. Evan Fournier to the Celtics might be an interesting matchup now for the Sixers. Mm-hmm. But moving forward, though, we're going to talk about this trade here, and I mentioned it earlier when I was talking about my my speculation about Victor Oladipo is now a member of the Heat. How does this impact the Heat? And Chris, do you think this move makes them better than the Sixers now? Not really. I The Sixers are the one seed. They're 31 and 13. They've been playing tremendous basketball lately, even without the MVP candidate. So it's hard to say that Victor Oladipo in his current state like pushes Miami ahead of them. The Heat are hovering around 500. Oladipo is still a good player. I think they're the fourth seed right now. Yeah, they're the fourth seed at like 500. That's just the state of the East. Mm-hmm. Um, like Miami wouldn't be in the playoff. Like they wouldn't be a top eight seed in the West right now. So mm-hmm. uh, it's tough for me to say that Oladipo vaults them ahead of the number one seed. We've seen Miami have success in the playoffs. They made it to the finals last season. We know what Jimmy can do when he is dedicated to doing something. Bam is one of the best defenders on the planet. They have some pieces. I think they're going to be a more dangerous playoff matchup than their record would suggest. Mm-hmm. That said, Oladipo is not the same Oladipo we saw a few years ago in Indiana. This isn't like all-star Oladipo right now. He had some flashes in Houston. 
he he still can put up points. He's still averaging like 20 a game. He's not going to be a nothing there, but I, I don't think it's enough to really push them into the conversation with Philly yet, at least not in a, a serious or concerning way. Like, he makes them better. They'll re-sign him to probably a pretty fair contract. He'll give them another option late in games who can help share that burden with, with Jimmy. With Jimmy, like, Victor has hit some pretty big shots down the stretch himself in the past. So there's a lot to like, but I don't think it's anything that Sixer fans should be too concerned about. Oh, Chris, by the way, they announced starting five for this game tonight. We're recording before the Lakers games, folks, by the way. Your boy, B-Paul, Paul did not get into the starting lineup. They chose Mike Scott. I'm sorry. It's very disappointing. I know, I know. Anyway, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I don't think it changes the regular season outlook that much. You know, Victor's still trying to get back healthy. The Heat are always going to be more dangerous in the playoffs because they have great coaching, and when healthy, they can be dangerous. And they'll be healthy for the playoffs for sure, um, unless a catastrophic injury happens. Oladipo, if uh, I will say this, Miami is known for getting their players into the best shape, both you know physically and health wise. So if there is a team that can bring Oladipo back to his you know first year in Indiana, that then it's going to be the Heat, and I think that probably is part of the reason why he wanted to go there too. So. I like that for him. And do I think this uh, they did also make another trade. They made they acquired Naminsa Bailitsa from the uh Sacramento Kings for basically nothing. Yeah, really. I mean I'll say this about like people wanting to play in Miami. We can talk about the culture all we want. People want to play mm-hmm. in Miami because it's Miami. It's just the way it is. It's the same with New York and Brooklyn and LA. Mm-hmm. Like the only t- reason LeBron is LA is in LA is because it's LA. It's not because they had some yeah. great free agency pitch. It's not because they were mm-hmm. building their team the right way. They weren't. They were a pretty poorly run organization uh, before LeBron got there. Now they have LeBron. It's it's pretty easy to win games with LeBron and AD. But like these big markets in desirable locations tend to have the upper hand just because of where yeah. they're at. I just want to say mm-hmm. that. This lineup that Miami has now, it, it does scare me. I think it makes them better simply because not only do they have more shooters, they have players that they have more players in the Sixers that when they put the ball on the floor, they can create their own shot. Oladipo, yes, he's had some injuries, but the guy can score on any level. Jimmy is Jimmy. Uh, Tyler Hero, when he gets going, he can do what he needs to do. Bam Adebayo, Drogic, Miami's going to be a problem in the playoffs. I, mm-hmm. I I think the Sixers have the edge because they have Joel. But if nobody else is producing, if Tobias has an off night, it, and Miami's just on fire on all cylinders, they're, they're going to be a, a problem. Uh, I'll yeah. say this, if they do end up adding um... – Lamarcus Aldridge in free agency. That I, I too. Will be exactly. Little, yeah, I will be yeah. a little bit concerned because he is a big body that won't stop Joel, but it is a hindrance. Unlike Bam oh, Bam whoa, Bam whoa. Bam well, Aldridge has been like one of the worst defenders in the league this season. He's cooked. I I would not be concerned about Aldridge getting in Joel's. Way. But he is a bigger body than anybody else. Yeah, that's on the and he can zone. like barely move a leg in the paint. Like he 
I, I really don't think it's a... I, I would trust Bam on Joel way more than I would trust Lamarcus. Well, if Aldridge is coming off the bench, he can go to work on Howard. He can bring Howard out to the perimeter because Aldridge yeah. is a very good shooter. So it's you know yeah. it's not like he would be going head-to-head with Embiid. No, I but agree. I mean, now that you got fine, rid of, uh, like 15 minutes a night guy, <laughs> it wouldn't be bad, but I, I don't think he's I, I, a real needle mover at this point. And to be fair, I think he would be starting Uriah just based off the fact that they got rid of Olenek and they got rid of uh, Myers Leonard. And then by elites as a power forward, they like to have a seven-footer next to Bam so that when they have a bigger guy, that Bam doesn't have to necessarily guard every single like- I, I think Bielitsa makes a lot more sense in that starting group than than Lamarcus does because Bielitsa defensively sucks. It's, it's gonna be <laughs> iffy defensively either way. But you have Bam in the middle, then you have Robinson, Hero, and Bielitsa who are like three all-world shooters. Or well, I guess you aren't starting Robinson at this point because of a Oladipo. But you have two all-world shooters, and then you have Jimmy and and Oladipo who can get into the paint and do stuff. So hey. Did you did you guys hear about the new Zack Snyder cut of Justice League? Yeah. So I think I think, I think uh, it was more slow motion uh, footage in in that movie than any movie in the history of 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 cinema. I think Belitza. I think he he plays in that Zack Snyder slow motion. Okay. He's, but so does is, Like no, he's Aldridge is faster. Aldridge, Aldridge is just Have a we little. Aldridge play defense this season. No, no, no. Belisa on offense and defense moves like a sloth. Yeah, but he's a much that dude is not worrying. Oh no, hands down, Chris. He's a he's a much better three point shooter. But we tore we killed them last week in Sacramento. That guy was a non factor. Oh, yeah, speaking I mean, of Sacramento, I do want to say that Jabari Parker got bought out. Who wants to take a flyer? Well, come on, guys. You you're saying that he wouldn't be a Nice he would be a significant to... downgrade over Mike Scott. Like I, I'm very confident in saying that. I, I don't want any part of Jabari Parker. We might wow. as well revisit the 2014 draft while we're at it. Yeah, let's let's draft Andrew Wiggins first. <laughs> yeah, let's Win- drop him. Winless for Wiggins. Winless for Wiggins. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. No, the Heat. The Heat are going to be a problem this year, guys. I think we can all agree with that now. Yeah, they're the like addition the fourth-best team in the conference. Yeah, I, I, I would say that. I think that's a fair an, uh, assumption at this point, especially with now that Indiana's lost. T.J. Warren's not expected to come back this year. So they're, they're, they're kind of like a, a fish in shallow water. They can't really do too much. So, yeah, no, I think, hmm, I think the Heat are the fourth-best team, and I would not want to see them in the second round. Let the, let them in Brooklyn or them in Milwaukee. Bat, let let I would want Milwaukee. If I'm the Sixers, I want Milwaukee in the second round. No, I don't want to see the Heat. No, no, no. no. I, I disagree. Big time. Yeah. Okay. I don't so know what you're drinking right now, Lucas. I, I think quick. Milwaukee's a better team than Philly right now. Like I, I don't think I would volunteer to face Milwaukee and Brooklyn if I could face just one of them. But would you really want to face the Heat in the second round, though? Yeah, much more than Milwaukee. I, again, they're they're the Heat are a 500 team right now. Victor Oladipo has taken a pretty big step back from his All Star days. 
I, I, I think we're maybe overrating them a little bit based on last season because they have been really inconsistent this year. I, Milwaukee is really good. I, yeah. I, I don't think it's a I, question. I have to side with Chris on this one. Oh, Plus, wow. you have Drew Holiday. He missed all those games, but he's rested, and he's looking really good on my fantasy team. So, so yeah, Milwaukee is looking pretty good. Can we please not bring up fantasy? I just don't want to talk about it anymore. Lucas is 0-12. What's wrong, buddy? You need Zero a win? Wins. No, because Durant's How out. You and, and, and Andre Drummond hasn't played since like February. My two highest scores are basically not been playing, so there's been no point for me me to even pay attention to it. Zero and twelve. Dude, what am I supposed to do with my two best scores out? Hey, look, I got a trade offer for you if if you want to dump your players and save salary. Hey, I, yeah, I, LeBron I, is this on is the market, the... guys. If y'all want him. Yeah, you uh, try you know, to trade him to I, me. I, can I just yeah. sell the team? Can I sell the team to somebody? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull a. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, you're like Orlando right now. <laughs> you're like yeah, the Orlando Magic. <laughs> you're oh, desperate. Gosh. You're just dumping Orlando your players. Right? I, I, no, I'm an owner. I'm trying to sell the whole team. I'm not trying to trade the team. I'm trying to sell it. Let me be uh, less Alexander selling the team. Where's my Tillman Fortita, please? Hey, Lucas. I mean, you're own twelve at this point. You have nothing to play for. Let's just swap LeBron and KD. They're both injured. It's only a few weeks difference. You're not going to be in the playoffs. So let's just do it. Why, why do you want fair. KD so bad? Why, why do you want KD so bad? Because LeBron's hurt. And I got to face so Uriah. Honestly, the, LeBron's coming back. I, you know, I, I will say this. I'm confident LeBron will be back 100%. I am not confident about KD coming back 100%. All right, then I'll take that chance. <laughs> I mean, anyway, let's let's get we're getting sidetracked here. We'll we'll talk about fantasy later. Um, but no, the other trade that we want to talk about is JJ Redick being traded to the Mavericks. Not only does this obviously help the Mavericks as they miss Seth Curry, they get kind of like an older replacement version of him, who should probably do better now that he's playing with a you know creator like uh, Luka Doncic. Are we honestly surprised that he didn't get bought out? Because I'll be honest, I kind of am. Are you guys surprised that he there was actually a trade out there for him that made sense? Yeah, I mean, it seemed like he was kind of heading that direction. I think if you're Dallas, you know, he, he was clearly not going to pick Dallas in free agency. So that's probably why they did it. He hasn't played very well in New Orleans. But, you know, given the playing time, he can still get open and hit shots. Luka Doncic is more than capable of finding him. I'm sure he can do some decent things there, but Dallas isn't really a contender, so it's, I'm a bit bummed out for him not getting to go to you know Brooklyn or come back to Philly and really contend for a title. But I, I wasn't super shocked, but it, it did it was kind of a surprise for sure. I mean, it was a surprise. Uh, I forgot that James Johnson was making 16 million, so good for James Johnson. But yeah, no, I mean the move makes sense for Dallas for sure because they they need that. And uh, like you said, that he wasn't going to go to Dallas. We definitely thought it was going to be either like the Celtics or the Nets or the Sixers or maybe even the Knicks because, gosh, they're even in the playoff hunt. It was going to be one of those East uh, Atlantic teams. But um, you know what? Good for the Mavericks. Uh, kind of stinks for the Sixers that they couldn't get another shooter, but it is what it is. Um, the Sixers are going to be you know, focusing on getting a big man now in the buyout market. DeMarcus Cousins, anybody? Maybe? No. I say yes. I just, say yes, too. Chris. Just, You're outnumbered here. Just in case. Paul. 
Oh my God, B-ball Paul, Guys, the Mariel Shayok of 2020. Who cannot defend? Who is shooting 38 percent from the floor? He has been through two major leg injuries. Like, what are we doing? Give the G League MVP some some time. The Mariel Shayok of 2020. Two things, Chris. Technically, it was three because he did have the calf strain with the Warriors. What's the upside of giving Demarcus 10 minutes a night and watching him? He'd be a solid floor. When you can I give mean, your 21-year-old MVP a chance to prove himself. Why not give Paul Reed the extra minutes? <laughs> Why not? Uh, because, <laughs> because you can't play Paul Reed in the playoffs. You can't play DeMarcus Cousins in the playoffs. Nah, I would feel more comfortable about Cousins. You can play Boogie. Yeah, we can, we can yeah. play. He wouldn't be a deer in headlights. He'd be Greg right Monroe. He'd nah. be the exact same experience. Nah. I think I think you're you're hating on Boogie a little bit too much here. I'm not. Or you're I love Boogie, but he's not. Blind. He's over the hill, unfortunately, and it's not his fault. Injuries suck, but oh well. Well, look what happened. to Dwight Howard went to the Lakers last year. He rejuvenated his career. Everyone wrote him off. Dwight Everyone is wrote a much better off. athlete. He didn't have the same injury history. Yeah, but he's not as li- he's not as limited offensively as Dwight. So I, I think Boogie has something left in him. He is a great well, defender. Chris, Chris, That's Chris, the more important part. Here. Chris, 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 hold up, Chris. Darrymore hinted that he wanted a floor spacer because he wanted somebody different outside of Dwight and you know that who's like a conventional big. You know, outside can of shoot cousins, threes. who you got a big man that can shoot threes. So outside of Dwight. What I mean, outside of Boogie, what others free agent center right now? Because Lamarcus is, isn't coming here; he's going to go to the Heat. Let's let's be real on this. Outside of Boogie, what other free agent big man can shoot threes? None of them. They aren't going to sign anyone who's currently on the market. They're going to wait for buyouts, and if someone gets well, what out, other buyouts are are coming? Chris? I mean, unless out, you think Mo Wagner is going to get bought out by the Celtics, which no, I I don't like, think so. I saw Mike Muscala put out as an example on Twitter. I'd take him over Boogie ten times out of ten. Ooh, I, I'm okay with not re-experiencing That's the it. Mike Muscala. My preferred option I, here is still Paul Reed. Who we could bring back. Very well in the uh, G League. So we could bring back Purier. He got cut. Yeah, so. Poirier. <laughs> uh, no, we can't. Bird, bird uh, the the salary cap stuff. Was uh, the salary cap. Point yeah. yeah, CBA stuff. Um, but yeah, is, no. Is Andrzej um, a, a free agent yet? Yeah, he actually is. Bring him That's back. The crazy part. He never really shot the three pointer in the NBA though. That's the crazy part. Believe it or not. Yeah. Um, Paul Reed is the the. One and only solution to all our problems. It's so defense. anyway, Chris, I think we need to talk about the games this past week. Yeah, yeah let's, let's make it quick, guys. All right. All right. Um, so, Lucas, we're going to talk about some of the games from this past week. We were talking before the show with Uriah. Like, it, it feels forever ago, um, especially how long today was. But we'll talk about the Knicks game from Sunday night first. That was an overtime game that the Sixers one in pretty remarkable fashion 101 to 100 as you can tell by that final score and the fact that it went to overtime not the highest scoring game some pretty mm-hmm. ugly offense on both sides of the ball not a lot to write home about Danny Green hit some big shots there down the stretch though 20 points from Tobias uh Lucas what were your takeaways from that game my biggest takeaway is that Tobias Harris finally tried to get to the free throw line. 
it's been a you know hole in Tobias's game. It's not that he's a bad free throw shooter. It's just that he doesn't like to get the contact and get to the line. He got to the line eleven times this game and made nine of them. That is a uh, that that's a win in my book. That's that's if Tobias becomes more aggressive trying to draw fouls, the Sixers are going to be in a good place because he's already an efficient scorer. If he tries to go and get the contact by driving more to the lane, it's only going to do good things for his scoring. Because and you know he went five of eighteen from the field. That's not a in one of three from the three point line. So what is that like eleven points? He got nine extra points and got to be stayed a twenty point score because of that. So if we can get that, if Tobias can instead of I believe this season, what is he getting there like three or four times a game? Let me double check the stats here. Three times, three almost four times a game. If that jumps up to six or seven, big difference for the Sixers for sure. So, but you know, that's the positive that I would take away from that game is that he he was aggressive getting to the foul line. Yeah, I agree. Um, not the best Tobias game. Obviously, five of eighteen from the floor, missed some pretty big free throws in the fourth quarter. Though he made up for that mm-hmm. with the game-winning free throws in overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, some more controversial refereeing going against Julius Randle and the New York Knicks, which mm-hmm. uh, the Knicks All Star was not very happy about. But at the end of the day, it's another win without Joel Embiid. The Sixers have only lost one game without him since his injury, and that was the Bucks game that went to overtime. So I think they have to be pretty happy with how these games have panned out so far. Um, like mm-hmm. a pretty remarkable stretch of success given the circumstances. I mean, I think that's just the biggest takeaway from the past couple of weeks is that they're winning games somehow. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, Tobias had some big plays when it counted. Danny Green had some really big plays when it counted. Three blocks Uh, and five steals for Danny Green. Yeah, again. Green for that game. Much better than people give him credit for. Oh, yeah, three or five from the three-point line. Yeah, no, this was a vintage Danny Green game, like back when he was with the Spurs. Good for Green. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really tired of playing the Knicks because that's a couple ugly games in a row between these two mm-hmm. teams. Uh, I'm cool with playing anyone else at this point. And, and we can move on then to talk about the Golden State game from the night after um, Lucas, another Sixers win. That one wasn't quite as close, though Golden State did give him some trouble in the second half. It was pretty much a first-half blowout. In the third quarter, Golden State scored 40 points, made it a game in the fourth quarter, then Philly was able to pull away again. Um, 25 points from Tobias, 13 rebounds that game. Ben had 22 and 8. 18 points from your boy Tony Bradley, who is no longer with us um, in Philly. Uh, A great final stand from him. 8 of 8 shooting from the floor, 11 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Uh, What were some of your takeaways from that game? So uh, I'll tell you the good first in the back because I have a little bit of both here. The good, uh, Tobias and Ben got to the free throw line a lot. Tobias six times, Ben 14 times, made eight of them, so slightly above 50%. My boy, Totally Bradley, I hope that they build a franchise around him now in OKC. But, um, you know, 18 and 11, perfect from the field and free throw line. Um, Then, but here's the bad here. here. Here's the bad that I'm worried about here. And this is why I think the George Hill trade is good in this regard. The bench as a whole went 28 
of seven from the field, Chris. 28 of seven. Most of those makes came from Shake Milton, who still only went five of 14. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. the bench. It, yeah, the bench was awful. It's bad in general. I They've had a, mm-hmm. a pretty good stretch of late until that game, which kind of made some people forget about that problem ahead of the trade deadline. But generally speaking, the bench needed an upgrade. So uh, I do think the Hill trade will help quite a bit in that respect. For sure. For sure. But yeah, no, the bench was bad. But, you know, like you said, the Hill trade should help. Um and to be fair, the bench is missing Corkmaz for the last two games as well because he's been a starter. So, um, you know, he was a starter for Seth Curry. So um, that should help moving forward now that Seth Curry's back in the lineup. All right. So we had a midweek poll for all of the Six of Sense followers on Twitter. And the question was simply Were you satisfied with the moves that the Sixers made on the day of the trade deadline? Almost 800 people uh, took place in the poll, and 60% out of those 800 people said, yes, they're satisfied. So, Chris, were you satisfied as a whole? Yeah, I think my answer is yes. I would have liked to get Kyle Lowry or even Lonzo Ball. Uh, That would have been the preferred outcome for me. Um, But I'm happy with George Hill. I think he's a pretty solid plan B. If that Lowry thing wasn't going to happen... It was never going to be another big move. It was always just going to be someone on the margins, some help for the bench. That was pretty logical and not all too surprising fallback. Hill will help quite a bit in the playoffs and in the regular season once he gets back from his wrist injury. I was totally fine with the package that they gave up. So all in all, this is the best team in the East so far in the regular season. They're going to give themselves a chance in the playoffs as long as Embiid is healthy. They are built in a way that can challenge Brooklyn. They have enough defense, and they have Embiid, who can attack Brooklyn at their weakest point. So they're going to give themselves a puncher's chance. I don't know if Hill makes them a a true title contender, but, you know, sometimes you just got to be content with being the number one seed and seeing where that leads you. So I'm pretty happy with it. Lucas? I would say the same, yeah. For what the asking price for what uh you know Toronto is asking for Lowry, then yeah, no, that that's the best they could probably do to be honest. Because Ball ended up not getting traded, so yeah, George Hill seems to be the best of that they could do, and they got it done for relatively good cost. Out of you know the picks were a little bit much, but you know player wise, they got a good deal out of it. Yeah, we're the best team in the East, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We brought in Hill. We didn't have to give up much, and it's going to be interesting rest of the season and playoffs. All right. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Sixth Sense podcast. Leave a review or a rating if you can. It would really help us out, and we would really appreciate it. Keep tuning in for next week's podcast and beyond. We have some exciting guests coming up in the future. Some more exciting Sixers basketball, I'm sure. George Hill's return to action is on the horizon. It should not be long until we see him um, in a Sixer uniform. And, you know, that that first George Hill, Paul Reed pick and roll is really going to be a sight to see. So we'll be back to talk about all that next week. Pardon me, later, really at the later this weekend, next week. So, yeah. 
We'll talk to y'all then. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.